Hello and welcome to Crit Fail. Today we are joined by the always effervescent Emily and two Hello. random guys. <laughs> I am one of them. <laughs> You've got names, you know, the both of you. So we are going to talk about Dragonbane, which is a very old game in a new edition that has mm -hmm. recently come to our attention. And what is Dragonbane? So Dragonbane is a Swedish role-playing game that was actually, originally it's from 1982, but it's never been translated into English until this year. So the game is actually 40 years old this year, and it's got its first ever English translation, and it has been published by one of our favorite groups, Free League. So Free League has put out Dragonbane, and we have played the quick start so far we are going to do a campaign in it as well now it is a fantasy game it is what they call mirth and mayhem so they say it works really well for either sort of quick one-shot games or if you want to do a longer campaign it's set up to do both of those um yeah what else is there to say about dragon bane what am i missing yeah i think the mirth and mayhem is is definitely in the the high fantasy category of yeah. styles i think so yeah it definitely they're going for a tone that's a little bit lighter they say there is room for a pinch of silliness although there are also challenging scenes for your adventures so yeah we i think that's kind of a a tone we could kind of find ourselves falling naturally into anyway yeah, I mean, being a fan of Free League in general, we are doing a fair amount of their games. But mm -hmm. as Emily pointed out, for some reason, uh, Free League does tend to like a somewhat darker approach to settings. I made a quick list and okay. Forbidden Lands, Alien, Blade Runner, yep. uh, Varsin, okay. Symborium, Mutant Year Zero, Coriolis. Uh, the One Ring and Twilight 2000 all have an element of darkness associated to them. Yes. Yeah. So Tales from the Loop is probably one of the only ones that came immediately to mind that is a lighter one, and certainly this one. So uh, I, I like the darker, gritty ones. Blade Runner is amazing. Absolutely. Alien was fantastic. But I think we need to be able to have a game that is more, not necessarily fairy tale, but certainly more adventurous and swashbuckling heroes sort of feel, yeah. which this, this certainly does. And definitely, I think we have seen that with Tales being a little bit lighter. It is nice to have that every once in a while. It can't all be alien all the time. Yeah, and I think for us as Crit Fail, it's good for us to have a, a lighter game because we do tend to do more more heavy uh games that tend to have like high role play um and have fairly serious topics so every once in a while doing one like dragon bane uh, is a good idea palette cleanser palette cleanser i mean for the audience too we actually have had comments from uh, a couple of people saying that they would love to listen to our stuff but where they were in their particular real life, they yeah. couldn't really cope with too, anything too dark, so they avoided our alien game. So something like Dragonbane should be something that they could totally get on board with 
because uh, we, we will be definitely playing that lighter. Like, and I Absolutely. think that's how it's meant to be. Like Emily said, there's some seriousness to it, but not grimness really. It's definitely more fairy tale fun. Yeah, if you had to try and compare it to, I don't know, a movie, a TV show, a book, where do you think the tone kind of fits? I mean, obviously, something like Alien is Alien. You don't need to compare it to anything. People have that sort of concept of it already. But tone of Dragonbane, where do you think that kind of fits in? I would say it it sort of goes between, and I'm going to show Adam's age here. Okay, okay. It's, it's Adam's answer. Exactly. Uh, I would say it's got elements of tone from like Ladyhawk, which had seriousness but was I love Ladyhawk. That's not showing Adam's age. Krull. Okay, I don't know that one as uh, much. But I've heard of. Willow. Mm. I'd say probably very, very much Willow. Okay. You know there was a there was still a threat, there was mm. still danger, but at the same time, it didn't feel oppressive in the way that something like. Uh, Alien can or Blade Runner can. Sure. There's like an op- oppressive force in that sort of setting sometimes. Whereas there was a, a a villain that was dangerous that needed to be overcome. Death was very real. Mm. Uh, there was there was villains. Uh, General Kale, guys like that, was excessively dangerous and scary in their own in their own way. But it it felt a fantasy villain, not that oppressive force. So I would say Willow would be a good choice. Uh, okay. Lady Hawk, I think, is a is another good one. Uh, Krull was from the same sort of era. Right. Any of those sort of high fantasy? We haven't really had too many of them in the same sort of sort of way that they did in the the eighties when these films sort of came out. Uh, we have had, of course, Lord of the Rings and that, but they're they're yeah. a bit darker. Uh, and some of the more moderner ones. I was actually thinking uh, you could compare it more to The Hobbit, like the the books, not the movie. I was going to say, I don't want book, Not the movie. Yep. yep. Definitely elements of the Hobbit book, yeah. Hobbit as compared to Lord of the Rings, say, a little bit lighter, a little bit more yeah. accessible for, like, a short kind of term. Because, like, I mean, this is going to sound obvious, I guess. The Hobbit's shorter, Lord of the Rings is longer. This, you can do one-shots. I don't know. Well, think of, like, the the dwarves at the start of The the Hobbit about to go out on a a merry adventure to reclaim their homelands. Like, that kind of energy is what I think Dragonbane brings. Yep, I would agree. And even the villains. I think the the spiders in Mirkwood in the Hobbit book were more... They were less frightening in the book than they were... In the, in the movie, like the movie, yeah. I think when they did the movie, they definitely tried to make them like more okay. real spiders and that. Whereas I think in the book, yeah, they were still scary. They were spiders, but the way they talked and yeah. the, the way they were using them had a bit more sort of a fairy tale element to them. I think than uh, the way the more modern ones would tend to use something like the Mirkwood spiders. Sure. So I think Hobbit is probably not a bad um, guide. The book either. Maybe even that, um, book-wise, we could possibly be looking at so a lot of those older fantasy sort of series, like Sword of Shannara, The Magician, that sort of uh, style, which were, were high fantasy sort of, sort of elements. They weren't really about that oppression. Ursharak, which is one of my favorites. Yeah, I think that what Chris was sort of saying, there's a lightness and there's, a, there's an energy and tone. Okay. 
more adventurous, less grim, less hopeless. Right. Right. And the characters you'll find, I think, generally are meant to be more like Mad Mardigan in Willow. You know, a bit of a rogue or they're, they're sort of the extremes, but not, not in the evil directions, but they tend to be more like the knight will be very knightly, uh, like in Belgariad. You know, the, the knight in that was the perfect knight. And Mad Mardigan is a light character. Uh, he wasn't as deep as he could have been, but there was a lot of energy surrounding him uh, and how he did things. And uh, Willow, the movie, was was very fun and fast-paced, and I think that's what this is trying to be. I mean, not Willow specifically, but that's the sort of feel. <laughs> no, no. And we did. We played the quick start uh, a couple of weeks ago. I am terrible with time, but we specifically played the quick start, everybody here has been involved with it. So how did everybody find that, first of all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I enjoyed playing it, for sure. Absolutely. I thought it was a fun... We just did it as a sort of one-shot, one night. It was not super involved. That is something they actually have stated about it, that if you're wanting to do it more as the one-shots rather than a longer campaign, it doesn't need a ton of setup or planning. So I think for people who are just kind of looking for something you can get right into, maybe doing a game night with friends. I don't know. It's got that kind of a a quality to it. So I thought it was really good for, yeah, just we played it one night. It was fun. And I enjoyed it. Uh, from a GM perspective, uh, I was attracted to it initially by the art. Because mm. when they started posting the art, it was cartoony, but not ridiculous. And I think we knew that there was the tone was going to be lighter when one of the first images they posted was a rogue <laughs> duck. The Millard. With twin daggers falling from the roof, which is obviously going to try to kill something. So mm. I think that as soon as I saw that, I thought, okay, this is, this is going to be something a little different. We don't really play D&D, so we don't have a game in our lineup that is like D&D. So in some ways... Dragonbane was Sweden's D&D. It was very popular, as Emily said, in, 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 the, in the Scandinavian countries. And it, for whatever reason it was, it appealed to them. But it really sort of filled that void for them. And I think that that's what it's doing when I first looked at it. I thought, oh, cool. That's a game. It would be our D&D. Basically for the same reasons that, that you know everyone sort of said it. It's lighter. It's good to mix in with everything else we're doing, we didn't have much fantasy. Uh, I'm a sci-fi guy. I always have been. So my natural leaning is always going to be excited about sci-fi stuff, but I do like fantasy. It made a lot of sense for, for me as a GM to look at something that we could include that was fantasy, uh, that would feel that, that sort of lighter, more energetic, happier sort of, sort of thing. Um, I, I could see a lot of benefits from it when when i like when we did it from a, a gm's point of view it's very fast from a gm's point of view the we're not going to do a big rules uh deep dive here we might pass that to scuzzball who loves rules oh he does he does mm. yes it keeps him awake at night uh, and us and too he would sometimes. love to tell everybody about them <laughs> we love you, Scuzzy. We really do. <laughs> but yeah, so we're not going to go into deep rule discussion, but for a monster, which is anything that is considered unnatural, mm. 
and that's a little bit open-ended that also includes dragons yeah so i don't know much about the law yet because we are working from the quick start uh i don't know if dragons they are considered a monster so they are considered unnatural but i'm not always sure if that's correct but it for the rule side it absolutely is uh so a gm does not roll yeah the only thing you roll is the type of attack which includes its effect but you're not rolling the attack if a dragon has breathe fire as an example it might if it's number six and you roll a d6 and you get that it says dragon will breathe fire it will say how how it basically works and what the characters can possibly do to avoid it mm. so for a gm it's it's pretty quick you just go skeleton's going to do three you look at the skeleton chart it says what attack three is that's what it does and they can parry uh dodge uh, or it might be a will save if it's against a spell or an effect like fear or something like that. So for a GM, it's a lot less management than some other fantasy games where you have to do the attack rolls, you have to, to look up a lot more extra stuff. There's a lot less bookkeeping in this for the GM. Uh, I think that's good. At least right. it works for how I'm GMing. <laughs> uh, the next GM, though, you might find that a little bit frustrating it's just going to depend on your particular style i think it works with the the style of game that yes. they're saying that this is because if it is a little bit lighter a little bit quicker to jump right into uh, mirth and mayhem as they call it then you don't want someone to have to be sitting there planning things out days in advance when it's just supposed to be a little bit right not less detailed but just a, i don't know a little more chill <laughs> So a lot of the rules in this case was actually on you guys and gals. So how did mm. you find the, the, the rules? So, I mean, certain aspects of it were definitely similar to other games. I mean, I found parts of it similar to Tales from the Loop with the, the status sort of conditions you can get that are tied to your attributes. Uh, Chris, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, I think other games, um, specifically the Genesis system, where you have advantages, disadvantages, uh, and success, failure, triumph, and what's the the really bad one? <laughs> Despair. Despair. Yes, I I feel like those. Those types of roles allow for a lot better like role play uh, with the roles themselves. I, um, I think any game can be good like with character interactions and stuff, but uh, with the actual game system itself being uh, part of the role play, I think that lends itself better to that. That being said, I do think Dragon Bane does a better job um of allowing failures to still progress the story mm. you're not standing at a door for 10 minutes because everyone keeps failing their lock picking role yes they do specifically state even with failure the story is supposed to continue on so yeah so i i do like that part of it okay yeah and for anyone who uh has not yet looked into dragon bane at all basically when you roll, you are rolling a d20. You are trying to roll under your target number, which comes from 
your skills, which are based on your attributes. It's not super complex. It's going to be all kind of laid out there. You want to roll under your number. You don't want to roll a 20 in this game. That's very bad. Do not roll a 20. Uh, if you liked old school AD&D, it kind of had that feel to me when I was playing it. Okay. Uh, not the way the rules completely work, of course. They're very different, but just a sort of feel to that. So if mm. you liked AD&D and you want to have a look at something modern, I would say give it a go. Like, you know, the quick start is free as well. So yeah. you could at least get that to have a look at and see what you think. But yeah, if you liked AD&D, I'd say possibly give it a look. Okay, cool. One thing I'm not sure is good yeah. or bad, it's going to depend on Outlook completely, is there's not a lot of setting info. Mm. And I'm not sure there's ever going to be. I have a feeling, by the way I read some of it, it's more an open canvas for okay. people to sort of create and do things around the framework of what they give you in the releases. Okay. While that's true of every single game, the amount of information obviously varies. Some games give you tons of lore, which is the framework towards like mm. to work in. Others give you less. Uh, this has given less, and that seems to be not just a quick start, which obviously you don't expect a lot. Mm. Uh, they talk about the Misty Veil, but there's not a lot of concrete information. <laughs> we had trouble working out what that was, yes. I think that might be a thing. Could be wrong. Like, as more stuff comes out, they might keep yeah. building upon it and you might get more, but it seems to be a little less, which gives you a very open framework. But mm. if you're a GM that loves to work from the law yeah. to do everything, which some GMs are, they like that's where they go, they pull all their ideas from the law that's there and build from that. They might find this a little bit frustrating that there's not tons of that sort of law to pull from. As a player, too, there is that because with the quick start, they there's not a lot of lore you get to start with, not a lot of setting information. And also in the quick start, now, I don't know, we did look a little bit at kind of character creation now that that is something you can see as well. But in the quick start, you've got pre-gen characters and you're not given super detailed backstory or anything, which is totally fair for pre-gen characters. But I found that without the setting information, it does become a little harder to sort of elaborate on what you're given. Whereas in a game with a pre-gen character where you are familiar with the setting, uh, for example, Alien, when we played that, we also had pre-gen characters, but we were a lot more familiar with Alien than, than we are with Dragonbane so far. So there, it is a lot easier to sort of expand on what you're given to flush out that pre-gen character without the same sort of level of setting information. Sometimes it can be a little trickier, I found, to know sort of what to do. That with the pre-gen characters, like, yes, they they didn't give you a whole lot to go off of. And mm. if you do just go off of that uh, and build your whole character around like sort of what you've been given with the pregen, uh, it could get kind of uh, not, not really boring, but tired, like overused. If you keep acting the same way the whole time, you just keep harping on the same couple points you've got on your sheet there. If your right. character just kept going, I've got a bottle of perfume, and I sure do love it. Yeah. My blue bottle of perfume that I have, that is my memento. Did I tell you about my blue bottle of perfume? 
Yes. So it's good for a one-shot, but for like a, a long, drawn-out campaign, um, you would have to really write a whole backstory, and that's not given uh, at all with the, the pre-gen, which is fine oh. for a starter. So did the pre-gens help in any way? They definitely did help. I, I found, um, and I know, Chris, you also said this was true for you as well, I believe, that with the pre-gens, it's a little easier to kind of pick up a, a type of character you might not normally play. So I was a sort of a ranger type character in the in this quick start, which is not something I have, I think, ever played before, actually. And if I'd been creating a character myself, I might have not been sure where to start with that. But because with the pre-gen characters, you, your stats are done for you. That's all done for you. It's not necessarily as intimidating to pick up a character class you've not played because you don't have to deal with any of that. So I did appreciate that. Yeah, and I was a wolfkin, which is a race of creature in Dragonbane that... Anthropomorphic wolves. Yeah, I probably would not have chosen for myself uh, when starting a new game. Like, if it was my first time, I was making my own character, I'd probably go with, like, an elf or a human. Uh, and I would have been, like, a ranger or a rogue or something like that. But in this, I was like a, a fighter wolf with a lance, which is not something I would have chosen as my very first character in this system. Uh, so it did help me branch out a little bit. So pregens can broaden your horizons, we've learned. Uh, and the races, not all the races were included in, in the pregen. Same with other classes. They didn't include yes. all the classes either. I don't think there was the merchant, the artisan, the scholar? Mariner. Mariner. Mm. So that's the thing I am actually interested about. Uh, one of the first things that caught my attention was the fact that there is some um, more unusual character <laughs> races compared to um, a lot of games. A lot of games, like you said, they come out, if it's fantasy, you're going to have your elves, your dwarves, your humans. But we do have Wolfkin. They have my favorite, which is the ducks, the Malads. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen duck people in another game. No. So that's that's really cool. I, I like that they've done that. And the same with the classes. They didn't have all the mm. classes in the, the, the quick start, but the fact that they have merchant, scholar, and artisan as playable character classes is saying you don't have to make a character or game that's based around combat mm. exclusively. Which is great for us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it opens <laughs> up, I think, some possibilities that uh, mm. people can fall into traps with other ones. And, and, and any game can be high RP and high story, regardless of rules. But when the rules or the character classes or the abilities are all largely centered around what's going to happen during combat, it can be detrimental yeah to make a character that doesn't fit within that those those confines sort of thing. Absolutely. So I think that the fact that they're saying, hey, you want to be a scholar? You want to make a guy who knows stuff and is going out into the world but isn't very well prepared? Well, that can be really interesting. And that's a trope of a lot of fantasy novels, that, that young, uh, not always a mage, they often did it around mages, young mages sort of thing, and they have to go out into the world and they're completely unprepared. But they've 
there's some really good stories centered around that sort of stuff and they're sort of encouraging people to do that so i think that's going to be a really interesting aspect to the game okay so two-part question Ooh. did you think the quick start was good okay and is the quick start a good place to begin your journey into dragon bay huh Okay, I'm going with yes and yes, and I will elaborate on that, I promise. Otherwise, that is not a great answer. Uh, yes, I did think it was good. And while I did kind of find the sort of, I guess, minimal setting information sometimes made it a little bit tricky, I definitely do think it is a good place to start. I think with the quick start, it does allow you to get a feel for the game, learn the rules without just having to sit there and read over rules, which, I, as we've mentioned, a member of our group may enjoy, but not all of us do. Uh, it's a good way to learn while doing. It's a good way to kind of, even if you don't end up using the pre-gen characters later in the campaign, that might give you an idea for something you want to do later. Chris might go, okay, yeah, I, I do want to make my own character and have a more detailed backstory, but I did think the wolfkin was cool, or maybe I would like to be a fighter type character this time. So I do think it is worthwhile for those reasons. Yeah, I I agree. I think that the um the story was not meant to like be super gripping and engaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um as like the the intro thing and it was really mostly to show what an adventure in the game could be like. Mm -hmm. Um like a a small area. And I think that it's a pretty good place to start if you've never done anything with this game before whether you're a new gm or a new new player new group of players um it's a good way to be introduced to it now as the gm same question right back at you um yes i will say from for the players and for people in general uh the quick start's free and that's yes. a huge bonus to uh you'll have a look at the uh font style the book style, the art style, uh, obviously the main book is going to be a little bit different, but overall it's very, very similar. Uh, you get a look at the base rules. They give you the first sort of chapter, kind of, sort of condensed, but it's sort of there, so you get to sort of see what it's going to be like. The adventure itself is not the most exciting. No, but it's, yeah, like Chris said, it's probably not meant to be terribly gripping it's yeah it's introductory exactly yes it's also not completely logical but as <laughs> just been stated the 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 reason is existing is to let you try out the rules like mm -hmm. you should really be seeing is this a game you enjoy doing because everything else that's more complex complex and and fancier and that comes yeah so if you hate the core mechanics or the core way it does things, that's not going to get better with just more stuff. But if you enjoyed the quick start, you'll probably, I think, enjoy the main game and what they're going to do with it. Uh, I also think it's a good place to start. Free League has been extremely good overall with supporting their games. Most of yes. their games have pretty regular updates, both in adventures and other, other stuff. Uh, I would be very surprised if they went through all this hassle to get Dragon Bane 
out there and then sort of don't do anything with it. So I think and it's going to be supported. Unlocked tons yes. of adventures too. Was it eight? Yes. Or something eight. like that. Yes. So there's yeah. definitely at least those eight adventures. I just wanted to say one last thing about the uh the adventure uh itself is that it did allow for good RP as a starting adventure because it had a couple of like it could have just been here's a monster you fight it but no it had like was it i think it was goblins that had been like tied up by a spider and like elements of it that if you wanted to flesh out your characters you could through that from a gm side yeah it it it, it does ha- hold your hands but it's mm-hmm. meant to the the yes. quick start doesn't it's not meant to do anything else than to bring you <laughs> an easy way to learn what they're trying to do. Yeah, they're not throwing you into the deep end. So, yeah, I think it's absolutely, if nothing else, it's worth having a look. Regardless of what your favorite game is normally, the fact that the quick quick start is free. There's no downside. Exactly. There's no reason not to download it and at least have a look, mm. you know. And if you like the look of that enough, give it a go. Get your friends and, you know, especially this, there's only... 12 rooms or something it's, it's a very small dungeon because it's just said to help you learn yep and that's the thing you could always on one night just throw it together and say hey we let's play dragon bane tonight and see what everyone thinks so yeah i think it's good i'm looking forward to getting the physical uh stuff sent out yes and no sorry go ahead i was just saying freely always has such cool sets of all their things yes i mean we're gonna we're gonna have a couple of campaigns i think i'm oh, i'm yeah. doing one and uh, Raven's going to be doing his fantasy game in Dragon Bane. In Dragon Bane, yeah, he he said he wanted to do that. Which means I get to make my Malad. Yes, you do. <laughs> I I think another thing that Dragon Bane does well is it seems like a pretty good intermediary step for people who have only played D anD D and are just looking to try something new. I think Dragon Bane is similar enough rules-wise that people can play it without too too much difficulty if they're coming from D&D. Got to reverse your brain when it comes to 1s and 20s. Yes, yes, you do have to do that. 1s are good, 20s are bad. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, um it's a it's a good step in like thinking about different rule sets without being like totally Everything is different. What are all these green and yellow dice? This doesn't make any sense. Um, this is a good kind of in-between. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I think that's a good point. That is true. Buy it. It's free. Yeah, I was going to say, we recommend yeah. it. It's worth the free price. Yeah, like if you play D&D each week with a group of friends, be like, hey, want to do Dragon Bane for one week? Take a break from adventure and or if you don't play D every week if you've got some friends you just want to have over to play a game it's a good one to just instead of pulling out a board game play dragon bane yep, yep. I, w- I would actually say as a closing thought if you've never played a role-playing game but you've Ooh, started to learn one. about it through stranger things and or stuff like that um this might not be a bad one to do it does explain how to play very easily and yeah. it would probably be a good good place to 
to start and you can't really mess it up you know like yeah you'll do things wrong but it won't be messed up so yeah i actually it might be good for that as well yeah it's probably i i don't know if you can speak on this aaron but it's probably easier to gm than something like D. &D. Um, yes just yeah because of the the managing the the monsters and absolutely stuff. yeah at the there's yeah. there's two without going into loads of detail but essentially yeah there's a lot less bookkeeping mm. i found when doing this and i don't think that's going to change between the kick like the kickstarter releases and also like the quick start to okay. all that i think this is the style it does things in which is much less bookkeeping for the gm but also D D has now got so many variations in characters races classes subclasses uh stuff like that there is a lot that a gm has to be aware of when someone sits at the table and says can i do this and do this i think a lot of that stuff because of the, just the sheer amount of volume of stuff now out for D, &D uh that's not a case with dragonbane so i think there's a lot of reasons why dragonbane is a is a good place like that yeah so good for new GMs, too. Yep. Excellent. All right. We highly recommend it. Yep. Yes. And if you want to listen to some people play it. Yeah, you can listen to us play it. We highly recommend ourselves. <laughs> yes, we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we can link to that in the description or something. All right. So thanks for joining us. And thanks we will be much. back with another review discussion on something soon we will and that's a threat or a promise or something